When we hear the term hydration, most people think of water in some form. This makes sense. We wouldn't have life on this earth as we know it without water. But what many people don't think about is water's forgotten sibling, electrolytes. Just as with many processes in the body, hydration is a delicate balancing act between electrolytes and H2O. Not only are these minerals essential to the hydration balance, they're also involved in countless other processes in the human body. Not all electrolytes are made the same. Sourcing and processing matters when trying to retain the natural mineral and electrolyte content. Many electrolyte beverages also contain added sugars, sweeteners, and unnecessary ingredients that lower the quality of the product. This is why we've partnered with Bowie to bring you electrolytes of the highest possible quality. Bowie's electrolytes are purposefully crafted to be unflavored and unsweetened, so you can add them to any beverage. Add a squirt to your morning coffee, your evening cup of chamomile, that cocktail you order with dinner, or that beer you're having at your neighbor's cookout. Or keep it simple and add some to your daily water bottle for a natural hydration boost. And here is the best part. They were generous enough to offer listeners of Food Fundamentals 30% off their first purchase of Bowie. Simply use the code FF30 at checkout to receive your 30% off. That's capital F, capital F, and the number 30, no spaces, at checkout. If you're as big a fan of nut milk as I am, you've probably heard of a nifty little kitchen gadget called the Nutter. And no, this is not associated in any way with Nutter Butters. If you haven't heard about it, the Nutter is a sleek-looking, compact machine that turns nuts into nut milk. Now, you may be saying, okay, Brayden, but I can also make nut milk with a blender and cheesecloth. And yes, you can, but the Nutter makes the process way easier by removing the need to soak the nuts and making cleanup a much smoother process. It's great for the environment and your wallet. Nutter users produce much less waste from milk cartons and save tons on nut milk over time. It's so good that OnPoint's CEO constantly reminds us that everyone needs one. Click the link in the description to get yourself a Nutter and start making delicious homemade nut milk combinations. Let me ask you something. Have you ever had something incredibly delicious in your freezer, but you only wanted to eat part of it, not the whole thing, but you have to thaw the whole thing because you don't have anything strong enough to break it apart? Same. And that's where Super Cubes comes in. These will take your meal prep game to the next level. Made from flexible material, these containers are split into sections, so you can freeze either sections of the same dish or different dishes entirely within each section. Simply take the Super Cube out of the freezer, pop out the section you wanna eat, thaw it, and put the container back in the freezer. Grab yourself a pack of Super Cubes using the link in the description and upgrade your meal prep. 
this is a great time for muscle building and there's, there's studies to support that. And at that point, if the egg is not fertilized physically in your body, you're going to experience a rapid drop in progesterone and estrogen levels. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Food Fundamentals with On Point Nutrition, where we debunk diet culture and provide you with actionable steps to help you become your healthiest self, whatever that looks like for you. My name is Braden. I'm a dietitian at On Point Nutrition and your host for Food Fundamentals. We've all heard of circadian rhythms the 24-hour cycle that dictates everything from body temperature to sleep to digestion. But Mother Nature is extremely complex and precise, so of course there must be other regular rhythms and patterns that exist. One of these rhythms you may not have heard of before is the infradian rhythm. This rhythm is reflected in plenty of different examples in nature, including humans, particularly in the female menstrual cycle. There are certain habits that have the potential to disrupt the natural state of hormones in the infradian rhythm. When one or both of these is out of alignment, the whole system can be affected, resulting in a cascade of negative side effects. To help us understand this further, I've brought on the amazing Kasha Stigelbaum. Women's wellness entrepreneur, health coach, and podcaster, Kasha's journey is anything but linear. In her past life, Kasha led product development and operations at companies like Microsoft, TEDx, and AI startups in Silicon Valley, but after suffering crippling burnout, which resulted in full body eczema, inflammation, and hormonal imbalances, Kasha found herself questioning her definition of success. Though her life seemed in many ways perfect on paper, her health and her heart had been left behind. This recognition propelled her down a journey of self-discovery with Kasha learning to reconnect to her feminine flow, discovering mindfulness, and finally choosing to leave her 11-year corporate career at Microsoft to start from scratch. She studied and graduated from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, dove into Chinese medicine, overhauled her diet, lifestyle, and career. Today, Kasha is the founder of Inflow, a women's wellness brand rooted in feminine cyclical living, embodiment, and mindfulness. Inflow is a mindful planner rooted in the female hormonal cycle helping modern women stay in touch with their feminine nature and cycles while living in today's hyper-productive world. Kasha, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy to be here. And what an intro. I, I love mean, it. You are, <laughs> you got a lot. You got a lot to talk about and a lot of success. And that is a crazy crazy step to move from Microsoft to doing your own thing. I can't even imagine the emotions you were feeling during that time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's pretty terrifying, but it's, it's funny because we, we don't often think about the kind of health implications that come with letting go of maybe something that isn't fully aligned and taking a risk that really calls to your heart and to your body but that mind body connection is there. So 
even though it was so scary. I could definitely get into that for a <laughs> while. Um, like the actual benefit, not just in terms of the joy I feel every day, but how my body feels in making a really aligned change has been super, super validating and powerful. Oh, so fantastic. And you know, it's so interesting. I was literally just talking about this this morning with my fiance of how she was listening to a podcast about how we're taking less risks as humans nowadays, uh, as we get further and further into the corporate, like working for someone else mentality. But I can't tell you how many clients I work with who are in that sort of situation and experiencing the burnout, experiencing the massive amounts of stress, the sleep deprivation, working out like just no work-life balance. And that has significant implications on your health that I don't think we fully understand yet. And we are luckily doing research into, but it's going to take a while before we really understand the complications that arise from this sort of living. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, my friend, let's dive into our topics for today. So you mentioned on our initial call something called embodiment. And I think this is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but something that you personally uh, embody <laughs> and try to Love practice, <laughs> try to practice within your own life. But what is this idea of embodiment and what sort of effect does it have on our day to day? Yeah, absolutely. So embodiment, I just, I want to start with the definition, the formal definition before I dive into how it can actually show up for all of us. This isn't something that just women have to practice, but disembodiment, which I'll get into in a second is really rampant in our society, especially for women. But embodiment is really the relationship between our physical being and our energy. And it looks at the interaction of our bodies, thoughts, and actions. And for those out there who maybe practice mindfulness, you may have come across some practices within mindfulness, like a body scan, which is a type of meditation that actually looks at tuning into the sensations in your body and that hyper awareness of the cues that your body is giving you. May it be the sensation of hunger and becoming aware of that or pleasure or displeasure. Those are all examples of embodiment. And so we've all experienced it, but for a lot of us, it is something that as we kind of dive into how we use technology day to day, the sensation of disembodiment, as I mentioned, is so much more common. Yeah. So embodiment can be conscious for sure, but also unconscious. Yeah. And I, there are so many of my clients who they, they view eating and cooking as wasted time, right? Oof. And they, they, yeah. view it, they view it as like just a kind of thing that you have to do to fuel this machine, if you will, of our bodies, right? And our bodies are so much more than that. And I feel, I agree. I think there's a lot of people that don't, they've gotten away from respecting this complex organism that we are. I mean, we are just incredibly complex. We are designed nearly perfectly with all these systems that cascade upon each other and 
So yes, the body is smart. It will give you signals. And it sounds like embodiment is kind of listening to those signals. Yeah. Yeah. And actually becoming aware of them. I'm curious actually, because I, you brought up the whole concept of eating. And it's pretty fascinating because in biology, right? Eating actually, the digestive process starts before you even put food in your mouth, right? Correct. Like you can yep. notice yourself salivating, like that actually releases enzymes that mm -hmm. helps make makes digestion so much easier. So I think it's so important how you mentioned that kind of disconnection between actually cooking and um, how important and valuable that is for our bodies. But when it comes to embodiment, I think that dieting is probably the most common kind of experience that we might have, especially as women uh, of disembodiment, which is ignoring our cues, like especially under ha like very restrictive habits of eating, mm -hmm. ignoring our cues entirely. And this can play into dieting. This can be ignoring our body's cues for rest. But I'm, I'm curious, I'm sure you probably run into a lot of clients that kind of run into that and try to override that commonly, right? Oh my gosh, all the time. Yes, I have, whether it's training, whether it is working, I mean, just across the board, I see it all the time of folks just pushing and pushing and pushing and never taking any rests. And it really has an effect on their progression. People are surprised when I start trying to work with them on some just basic stress relief techniques. I'm like, okay, let's just try like, let's just try box breathing once this week. Super simple, right? And I can tell sometimes they're like, what? okay, this isn't nutrition. Like, why are you talking to me about this? But I've seen it where clients are almost perfect with their diet. They're doing everything right. They're seemingly eating perfect foods, whatever. And the second they start to manage that stress, it they start to move in the right direction. So yes, I see it very frequently. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's so much research to actually support that mind-body connection. And you kind of alluded to that at the beginning that it seems so difficult to measure, but the good thing is that there is so much research that's coming out from tying the connection to stress and belly fat, and we can hyperlink everything in the show notes, but stress to white blood cell count decreasing, stress to addiction, depression, anxiety, all those things are, I think, becoming a lot more apparent when it comes to how we're studying that mind-body connection. But it also works on the other side as well, which means that prioritizing, tuning into your bodily sensation and actually slowing down to maybe move at the pace of where your body is at has profound effects on our mental health. And when we think a lot about mindfulness practices, a lot of them are super cerebral, right? It's like focusing just on your breathing, maybe even focusing on the sensation just in our nose of air coming in and out. And I think starting to explore ways to leverage embodiment practices and these types of mindfulness practices throughout our day, tuning into our bodily cues has absolutely incredibly positive effects on not just mental health, but our physical health, because it actually changes the types of hormones that we release. If we can start to breathe deeply, box breath breathing, it changes 
the hormones that we produce in our bodies and how every other system in our body behaves. Yes, hormones are everything. <laughs> They're everything. And I'm sure we'll dive into that a little bit more, but uh, I feel like we don't give them enough respect as they deserve. And like we talked about, like I mentioned in the in the intro, but we're gonna talk about infradian rhythms, but in the circadian rhythms, just not prioritizing sleep and that its effects on insulin and glucagon and cortisol, melatonin, and like all these uh, inverse relationships between these, a lot of these hormones are thrown way out of whack, ghrelin and leptin, your hunger and satiety uh, hormones. And that's kind of what you're talking about with not being able to really know as much when you're hungry, when you're full. And then the it exacerbates the problem when we reach for our phones to cure the stress, right? Because that is just releasing dopamine upon dopamine in our brains and keeping our brains running a million miles a second, which is not slowing down. It's not calming down the central, central nervous system response and just causing further issues. I love that you bring that up. I feel like, you know, when we think about some of those lifestyle factors that so deeply contribute to diseases, we obviously know that the types of foods that we choose contribute to diseases such as type 2 diabetes and obesity, right? But I am so excited by the research that's finally coming out that's really talking about that connection of using technology and that kind of stimulation that actually starts to rewire your brain in a slightly different way. How things fire, the pace at which you think, it all speeds up. And so it's really no wonder that we're experiencing that anxiety. So I absolutely love that you called that out because the dopamine hits are like the kind of pros of the experience, but the withdrawal is kind of the negative side of it. And it's so true. Yeah. So Kasha, talking about embodiment, talking about listening to our cues, let's talk about this rhythm, this cycle that maybe some folks haven't heard of called the infradian rhythm. And to be honest, I don't know much about this either. So this is going to be very interesting for me. I'm super excited to learn more about it from you. And what, what is the importance that specifically females maybe need to focus on this because of the menstrual cycle? Uh, yeah. And I wanted to actually start with embodiment because I think awareness of the shifts in our body, just starting there has such a powerful effect on our mental health, on our well-being, on our stress response. And I'll hyperlink all of that research for you to share with your listeners. But this kind of the importance of being aware of that kind of ties back into what you just mentioned around circadian rhythm versus infradian rhythm. So I think a lot of us are aware of the circadian cycle, you know, night and day. And when we talk about it being a man's world out there, and I love that we're chatting together because it makes it even better. Um, <laughs> you know, the male testosterone cycle does align with the circadian rhythm. So every 24 hours, just about the male testosterone cycle will refresh. You have a full cycle. Women, on the other hand, experience a very different hormonal cycle and very different 
uh, kind of growth and decline of various hormones throughout their body over a 28 to, you know, 35 day period of time. And that is what is known as an infradian rhythm. An infradian rhythm applies to the menstrual cycle. It also applies to other patterns in nature, such as hibernation, molting seasons, mating seasons follow an infradian cycle. Infradian cycle simply is defined as any cycle that goes beyond 24 hours. But mm. I think it is so unique to women in this case, because as you talked about, hormones dictate so much. And for women, a lot of us are living and operating in a way that is completely disembodied from our bodies and that cycle and the effect that that cycle has on our bodies. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's a good definition. So it's anything longer than 24 hours. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, it sucks that we have focused so much on, I mean, of course, circadian cycles are also important, but the fact that we don't talk about this cycle, like that seemingly is in so much of nature. That's crazy. That's crazy. And I'm really happy to be having this conversation with you right now. So disembodiment can lead to potentially getting out of this infradian rhythm. Are there certain things that women can look for that may signify getting out of this rhythm? Well, I think for when we talk about being out of rhythm with this, I think that for every woman, it's going to be a very deeply personal question. Mm -hmm. For a lot of women that I talk to, especially as we were doing user tests for the um, inflow planner, a lot of women were actually not even aware of this cycle. They're aware that every month or so they get a visit from the, you know, perceived horrible, deadly aunt Flo, <laughs> right? And that in and of itself has an, is an experience. But beyond that, I think that a lot of women, frankly, are completely unaware of the other stages that happen throughout their cycle and the effect that that can have on their body. So to answer the question, signs to look for, I would say, first and foremost, touch in with yourself as a woman. And, you know, if this is something that is completely new to you, welcome. We all learned or will learn hopefully at some point. That's my mission here on this planet. But really start to tune in to the fact, you know, do you honor the ebbs and flows of a 28-day period, which frankly may not always align with a Monday through Friday schedule, right? If you get mm. your cycle on a Monday and you're super low energy, how do you react? I think that would be the very first thing to look at when it comes to are you embodied and kind of tuning into that flow as a woman or are you not? And if you're not, that's okay. We all kind of start somewhere. Yeah. And I think it's a really important point because and correct me if I'm wrong, but I have learned that the week before a woman's cycle, glucose, uh, there's an increased desire for glucose, sugar, right? Carbohydrates. And I hear this so much from my female clients, almost all of them. They're like, ah, you know, I have this, I have this craving of went up this week. I'm like, when's your cycle? And it's due to increased progesterone production, correct? Okay. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, just the like whole second phase is requires actually more calories in general, and your body is craving more calories, but how you satisfy that may be with, let's say complex carbs, which might satisfy a little bit of that sweet tooth and also more protein. You know, those are decisions that you can make if you're aware of where you are in your cycle. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 
if females are paying more attention to is it is it broken into like four chunks three chunks roughly like is there some sort of way to chop this up yeah no? okay <laughs> well so i love that you brought this up actually because that's definitely a something that was pretty surprising to me. I had been familiar with a concept called cycle thinking or cyclical living, which is to start to bring awareness to some of these phases. And if you look at a lot of the wellness content out there, it does actually focus on four distinct chunks. But when it comes to our actual kind of uh, physiological definitions and the OBGYN that we partnered with for Inflow has like really gone deep on explaining all of this. Mm -hmm. There are actually two distinct phases. And within that, there are kind of a milestone, so to speak, that happen. So why don't I walk you and our listeners perhaps through the end to end cycle? Does yeah, that sound good? Please. That sounds great. Cool. Mm -hmm. Cool. So um, the overarching phases to start are the follicular phase and the luteal phase. And this is a cycle that takes place, as I mentioned, on average, about 28 days. It can go from 21 to 35 days. And menstruation is day one. So every time you menstruate, what a beautiful, beautiful thing to think about, but you're actually starting a new cycle. This is from a physiological point, a time where progesterone and estrogen levels are very low. This is a time that you likely will feel lower energy. And there are things that you can do to support your body during this time, which we will get into but you're actually shedding your uterine lining. So it is very common to feel low energy. So don't be hard on yourself during that time. And this mm -hmm. typically lasts from like day one through let's say five to seven. If it's longer than seven and that happens regularly, that would be maybe something you might want to check in with, with your OBGYN, but that's kind of that first chunk of time. From there, and it'll differ for everyone, it's so unique, you're going to transition towards this pre-ovulatory phase, so to speak, into ovulation, which happens at day 14. So during this time, this is still all part of the follicular phase, your estrogen levels are rising, your uterine lining is thickening, your follicles are growing in order to prepare an egg, and this all peaks with ovulation, which occurs after a surge in um, LH or the luteinizing hormone, which causes an egg to be released. And this happens at about day 14. Some of the kind of emotional things you may notice during this time is higher energy, maybe a desire to feel a little bit more social and connect. This is a time where you might also want to lean into like a lot of play and sensual energy, while during the menstrual phase, which was at the very beginning, you might want to lean into, as I mentioned, rest, tapping into your intuition and really kind of going inward. So... Yeah. Ovulation kind of marks that middle ground between the follicular phase and the luteal phase. And you actually talked about how that second half of the cycle, women experience higher hunger levels, and there's actually research to support that. And so this kind of second phase of your cycle during the first half of that, so from day 15 to about 21, give or take, depends on how long your cycle is, you're still going to notice that increase of energy, progesterone levels are rising to prepare for a possible pregnancy. And so everything is still rising. This is a great time for muscle building and there's, there's studies to support that. And at that point, if the egg is not fertilized, 
physically in your body, you're going to experience a rapid drop in progesterone and estrogen levels. And this decline is actually what prompts menstruation and the start of a new cycle at about day, as I said, 28. So this is kind of the whole end to end flow. So there's a lot happening during this time. It's not just menstruation and then that's it. it. It's actually fairly complex. We're going to take a short break from the episode to talk about the latest and greatest from On Point Nutrition, but not to worry, we'll be back with more amazing content in just a second. According to the CDC, obesity rates in the United States have increased from about 30% in 2000 to nearly 42% in 2020. While the body positivity and body acceptance movements have grown during this time, it's important to note that research tells us we can significantly reduce our risk for many chronic diseases by maintaining a healthy weight range for our specific body. The benefits go beyond the physical as well, as research shows us we can even improve our mental state with weight maintenance. This is why the team at On Point Nutrition has put together our weight loss web course titled Mastering Nutrition for Weight Loss, Building a Foundation for Success. This self-guided course can be done on your own time and will teach you sustainable lifestyle habits that will lead to lasting success, not a quick fix. We cover a wide range of nutrition and wellness topics and provides you with worksheets and quizzes along the way to help you retain the knowledge. Follow the link in the podcast description to sign up. I love it when a plan comes together. Just like this popular catchphrase from the 80s hit TV show, The A-Team, shout out to Mr. T, we love a good plan at On Point Nutrition, which is why we're now offering personalized seven-day meal planning guides for any disease, or lifestyle, handcrafted by our team of dietitians. Having trouble managing your diverticulitis? We can help. Looking for meals that are less likely to trigger your acid reflux? Done. Or maybe you're simply looking to lose some weight, but you live a vegan or vegetarian lifestyle. We got you. Let us build you a specific seven-day guide to reduce your decision fatigue and give you more confidence to manage your symptoms using the power of food. Click the link in the episode description or simply head to onpoint-nutrition.com to purchase your personalized meal plan. A study published in 2021 in the journal Family Practice concluded that working with a nutrition coach resulted in a significant improvement in clinical outcomes, including weight, A1C, and even reducing medication use. Not only are you working with a professional when you work with a nutrition coach, you're also able to build a real relationship with them over time. You get to know one another on a more personal level, and that's where the real magic comes from. That personal connection allows the nutrition coach to tailor their recommendations specifically to you and your lifestyle resulting in a higher average percentage of sustainable behavior change. And that's what we're focused on here at On Point Nutrition. Sustainable change, because that's what leads to lasting success. So if you're tired of the yo-yo diets, the online platforms with no human connection, and you're ready to build habits that stick, 
click the link in the podcast description to schedule your free consult. Yeah, oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you for walking us through that. Now, I am curious, but do you feel comfortable talking about the effects of birth control on how this changes? Or do you yeah. think it's even valuable to talk about? Well, so I don't have a lot of science, like research that I pulled for that. Um, yeah. I can talk about it at a high level, though, because birth control, just TLDR from your end, but birth control completely masks this process <laughs> mm. for a lot of women and mimics pregnancy. But I wouldn't feel as comfortable talking about the hormones and the aspects of that. But I do think it is actually pretty important to mention that when we talk about this whole cycle, that is for women who are not... I guess, adding in birth control into the factor. Um, however, women who do take birth control can still go through the, I guess, psychosomatic and emotional phases that I described, uh, but physiologically is a very different case. Yeah. Okay. And is that both pill and other forms such as IUD? Yeah. So it depends. It depends actually. Okay. So when it comes to hormonal birth control, hormonal birth control actually puts you on a different cycle. Uh, women who are on hormonal birth control will still bleed, but that is more like a breakthrough type of uh, bleeding. When it comes to IUD, there are hormonal IUDs and non-hormonal IUDs, and those will affect whether or not you get pregnant differently, and those could have different effects on your cycle. So the non-hormonal IUD, uh, the uh, copper IUD, you will still have a regular cycle and experience a lot of the same uh, ebbs and flows that I described. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's, that's very valuable. Yeah. So when we're talking about embodiment, and there is a lot of, a lot of physical things happening there, I think it's and I'm sure you'd agree it's very valuable to give into a lot of these natural changes that are happening during these different phases. For example, the, the increased carbohydrate desire, right? Increased yeah. protein desire, but doing them quality. That's, that's a very important thing to note, right? This doesn't necessarily mean go and have, you know, a bunch of just simple sugars to satisfy that. <laughs> but instead, like you said in the beginning, focusing on the complex carbohydrates and the lean proteins. And uh, during the physical, you said there's a period of increased muscle production, mm -hmm. um, maybe utilizing that in, in some capacity as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So performance and mus muscle strength, for example, they peak around ovulation and they still continue to grow as progesterone and estrone builds to kind of create that little pillow for a potential egg implantation. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a great time. Um, and there's also actually a spike in testosterone during this time. So it's a great time to optimize strength training, do things like high intensity workouts. Now, this is kind of like tying things back to embodiment you're not gonna feel great doing that the day before your cycle and for sure the first couple of days of your cycle when your hormone levels are low, your energy levels are low. And this is kind of one of the things that I think can be so empowering for women and why I brought up embodiment in the first place is that a lot of the kind of physical cues your body is giving you. And so this is actually just kind of, I think, validating what probably a lot of women feel, but sometimes it can be hard to honor that 
because of the fact that, you know, in our world, we don't really recognize all too often seasonal changes or this kind of rhythm that can be so different and has um, a little bit more seasonality to it than just the straight seven days a week, 24 hours a day type of uh, rhythm. Yeah, we live in a work, we live in a work cycle, not a natural cycle. <laughs> That's for sure, which sucks, but hopefully more people are, I know companies are kind of starting to respect the work-life balance more a little bit and hopefully listening to all this valuable research and information that's coming out about these sorts of things. But yeah, I mean, we evolved with seasons, right? We evolved with having to grow and eat certain foods during certain times of year. We didn't have apples available all year round, right? We didn't have berries available all year round. So there are cycles everywhere and our bodies respond best when we listen to and respect those cycles. 100%, whatever it is. So I wanted to ask, are there a lot of negative symptoms that can arise from, uh, I don't know, you'd probably put it better than me, but not respecting, not fully listening to, and, and what, would that, what would that even look like really? Like not, not respecting these, these cycles and living outside of those, those cycles. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, I've in preparation for this interview, I was really looking at a lot of, um, randomized control trials that could kind of speak to some of this. And unfortunately there's early research that talks about the benefits, not as much research that backs the kind of negative effects of not honoring that cycle. However, okay. based on some of the benefits, which I'd be happy to share, we can kind of, you know, maybe make some assumptions or, you know, correlation doesn't equal causation, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that talks about what it looks like to be out of alignment. So I'll start there and then maybe I'll share some of the benefits, which a lot of them are actually research backed. Yeah, please. Yeah. So when it comes to living out of alignment, for any woman out there that might be listening, this might be something that you've experienced, right? Like going to your high school track day one of your period is not going to feel good. <laughs> and so I think we're just, you know, one thing I, I do want to honor is um, kind of there is absolutely research that shows the types of movements that you do during different phases of your cycle can have either a positive or negative effect on your body. There is some research that has started to show that doing high intensity weight training, high weights right at the end of your cycle or beginning of your next cycle can lead to more injuries. And so those would be some of the symptoms that you might notice in your own body or that you might run into. The flip side of that though, is that there's a beautiful benefit of being in alignment, which is that you can optimize when you do certain movements, as we talked about prioritizing strength and high intensity workouts from day seven to 21 of your cycle can have actually has been shown and I will hyperlink this in the show notes has been shown to actually increase the ability to put on muscle for a woman. So, so that cool. spike in testosterone as well. So there's like a flip side to that. So misalignment, let's say could potentially lead to injury. And there's some anecdotal research there, but on the flip side, living in alignment, ha there is research that shows that it can actually help with different physical goals. And there's of course the feeling side of it. Now, another aspect is symptoms or, or are symptoms, right? So 
living in alignment with your cycle might look like prioritizing certain kinds of foods during your cycle, like magnesium. There's a lot of research that shows that higher levels of magnesium can help with menstrual cramps and bloating and poor sleep quality, which kind of a lot of women might experience leading up to the start of a new cycle towards the end of an existing cycle. And so again, misalignment might look like symptoms around poor sleep quality or increased cramps while living in alignment and prioritizing magnesium rich foods, foods that are high, um, that are very anti-inflammatory, maybe high in omega threes that can reduce inflammation might help reduce those symptoms. So to your point, I would say physical gains that you might be optimizing for would be the benefit misalignment might be injury. And then also the symptoms that a woman might experience during different phases of their cycle. That sounds like superpowers, basically. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I just, it kind of makes me think, right? Like, I don't know if you, are you a morning person or an evening yes, person? morning. You're morning? Morning. Oh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> imagine if I was just like, all right, Brayden, we're going to go run a marathon at like 12 a.m. or like 1 a.m., right? I'm like, good. it just doesn't feel good. I mean, first of all, I don't think I would do that normally. Let's be yeah, real. Right. But <laughs> just, but doing that mm -hmm. in a way that's so misaligned with like the way that your body operates and what's in flow for you. The same applies to women, except that in addition to thinking about a 24-hour cycle, you know, which is the circadian rhythm, the rest and rise rhythm that we all follow, we also have to consider or should ideally consider our hormonal patterns as well. Mm, that's a good analogy. I like that. Nice job. Yeah, I don't want to run a marathon at midnight. No, I, my bedtime is night. That's <laughs> but at 6 a.m., would you? I mean, I'm pretty impressed. I'll uh, be there cheering you on. Okay. <laughs> are you a night person? No, no, no. I'm a morning person, oh, okay. but right, I am not right. I am not running a marathon in the morning or evening. I'll tell you that much. But I will no tell marathons. you that I'm more likely to be down <sighs> to like do a hike in right. the morning. You there know? You go. Yeah. There you go. That's awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing those potential benefits. And because, yeah, a lot of people may be listening like, okay, why would I want to follow this in the first place? But there you go. That's why. Lots of, I'm sure, additional reasons beyond those too uh, that we just don't even know about yet because of the research just isn't quite there. Yeah. And I think also just one that I did want to add that I realized I may have not mentioned sure. is kind of going back to that original point that we have been talking about around embodiment, right? When you tune into your body's physical cues and honor them, right? Uh, kind of rest when you're tired as much as possible. Don't go against that, right? Like when you start to tap into and honor that, there is so much supportive research that shows the benefits of practicing embodiment practices. And so I think that for women, especially, being able to tap into that, not only might you experience some increased muscle gains or fewer symptoms during your period, um, of which there's a lot of supportive um, anecdotal evidence to back that, but also there's this beautiful kind of aspect of honoring the way that you feel, the way that your body feels. And for a lot of women, at least I can speak from my own experience, that's definitely not been the default. It's always been moving in opposition to what I think I should be doing versus what I really feel I need. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. That's so, so good because that is the why behind all this, really. 
is like we're talking about the what we're talking about embodiment we're talking about inflating rhythms but the why is really overall increasing your mindfulness increasing your self-awareness of the beauty that is the body the human body in all its complexity so on that note akasha if you were to give some recommendations to our listeners on how to maybe start tuning into this infradian rhythm, increasing their embodiment skills a bit more practically, what would you say to them? Yeah, well, first things first, I would say, and I think I've said it several times, so I'll just repeat myself here. But I would love to say that as a woman, I really encourage each and every woman to get curious and really lean into understanding and aligning with your unique infradian rhythm. It's a beautiful thing. I know that for a lot of listeners, this might be the first time they've ever heard about it. So welcome. <laughs> welcome to the club that I'm a part of, at least. Um, <laughs> that you're leading, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's some other voices out there. We're all, you know, there's like a small but mighty tribe. Yeah. That's right, a committee. Um, so that's the first thing. Just start to get curious about that and maybe even explore how that shows up for you. And I would also say the second thing is that when it comes to cyclical alignment or cyclical living, which is attuning to and living in alignment with your unique cycle, this is a physical growth opportunity and it can be an act of really nourishing self-care, but it's also a psychological one. I will share that when I first kind of read about the biology of uh, the female body and of the cycles, the infradian rhythm, I found a lot of resistance within myself to operating this way and honoring that. And frankly, actually, designing and building this business has been such a beautiful journey of this as well, because I've been through many cycles myself and I've honored where I am at every stage of the cycle. And I've translated that to the actions I do or do not take during different stages of my business. And it's not an easy choice. And so I want to acknowledge that it's deeply mm -hmm. validating to be kind of validated that, you know, during your menstrual cycle or during these phases, you'll feel lower, higher energy to tune into that. It's really beautiful and exciting, but it also is a deeply, it's an opportunity for deep self-growth. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing I'd like to add is to consider picking one area. You know, we sprinkled some tips around from, you know, kind of when to prioritize certain movements to the foods to perhaps prioritize. And I can, of course, share some more in the show notes, but just pick one area, perhaps for the next cycle, you focus on food and prioritize magnesium uh, during your menstrual phase or leading up to your menstrual phase, or as you mentioned, prioritize uh, complex carbs and lean protein even more as you lead up to menstruation. But to just pick an area to focus on, movement, the spirit, the spirit side of it, the emotional side of it, mm -hmm. or the food side of it, and just see what it feels like to incorporate some of those practices into your day-to-day -day experience. Mm, I love that. So important. Start small. Start where you can, because if you try diving in too much too fast, it's lower chance of success. So love that. Start with one area and work on that. Amazing. And talk about, please talk about inflow a bit, a bit more if you'd like to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. 
as you mentioned at the beginning, we are just about ready to launch. Um, Inflow is a women's wellness brand that is really committed to helping ambitious women. In fact, actually, I want to call out anybody who identifies as a woman because mm. I want to acknowledge that there are so many conditions that may prevent us from experiencing, you know, a, a regular cycle. May it be a hormonal imbalance, not having a uterus, having a uterus removed and, you know, perimenopause, menopause. And I think just honoring the female rhythm, should you choose to align with it, I think is really powerful. So Inflow is geared towards all women of all experiences and with really providing them the tools to align with their cycle and cyclical living. So we have tools for every aspect of that cycle. And it's a combination of what I like to call the science and the mystical. So as I mentioned, we're partnered with an incredible team of OBGYNs, as well as tapping into some of that really cool mystical wisdom out there that we can start to hone in on depending on where we are in the cycle. And so mm. our first product is a planner. It's completely uniquely aligned to you. It's pen to paper. There's a lot of intentionality around that, despite my background being in tech there might be a tech product <laughs> one day but there, yeah. it was very intentional so yeah I'm so excited about it this is definitely the product that I've always wanted to exist in the world and so I'm so happy to be sharing this gift with other women that's amazing well congratulations on your success you. and I'm so excited to see how it goes once it is released so once it is released where can folks learn more about it get it get their hands on it yeah, well, you can definitely check out our website, which depending on when this is published, will be either waitlist or live. Mm -hmm. And it's www.inflowplanner.com. Super easy. Um, and then Inflow Planner on Instagram, um, on TikTok. And uh, yeah, would love to connect with anyone that really enjoyed this episode. And I'm so grateful, Brayden, for having me on. Thank yes, you. This is such a good conversation. I learned so much and i'm so excited to be able to share this with the world so thank you for coming on here and sharing your wisdom with us and if there was one thing kasha that you would like to leave listeners with a piece of wisdom a piece of guidance what would you like to leave them with mm, that is such a good question um honestly i would say and this has been a journey for me personally as well but we spend a lot of time thinking about what we should do, how we should act, how we should be. And I think the more we can practice cultivating what we feel in our hearts is right, in our bodies, we will really, it'll just feel really good. So I think that would be maybe the piece of wisdom. Like I really wish I could have tapped into that sooner. And I would love to leave the audience with the opportunity to explore that. Mm, gold. Love it. Well, my friend, thank you again so much for being on the show. It has been a pleasure and potentially reconnecting in the future. Oh, yeah. yeah. You and I will be connected. So thanks. <laughs> thanks. All right. thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, yes. Folks at home, we are so grateful for you joining us today. If anything you heard today struck a chord in you, we encourage you to take action on it as soon as you can. Sustainable change takes consistent action. Just start with that first step. Have a great rest of your day.
If you found this episode helpful, share the love. Send this to family and friends. Post it on all of the stories. Make sure you tag us at On Point Nutrition if you do. And give us a follow while you're there for plenty more nutrition tips on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. If you're interested in learning how On Point can help you reach your nutrition goals, head to onpoint-nutrition.com to schedule a free consultation.